0: Hey, you guys. So this week I had the pleasure of recording with one of my very, very favorite people, Christina P. I went over to her amazing studio. She has an amazing studio. It's the kind of studio that I aspire to have one day. And we did a big crossover Bonanza. So I recorded an episode of That's Deep Bro, and then she recorded an episode of and Rosen is Your New Best Friend, which you're about to hear. And she has video set up. So Uh, bonus, there's video for this podcast and you can, I, am not exactly sure where I'm going to put it, although it will be up by the time you hear this. Um, so check my social media, but I believe it'll probably be at youtube.com slash allison Rosen. If you go there and you click around, you'll notice it's a, it's a neglected, vast, a tumbleweed might blow across your computer screen while you're there. Um, got to fix that up. But anyway, youtube.com slash Alison Rosen is most likely where you go if you want to see the video of this episode you're about to hear. I might also, or instead... I really, should I? I really should choose a direction and go with it. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Alice Rosen. I might put it there as well, but if I do, I will make it available to everyone. Um, but anyway, had a really great uh, two-part conversation with her. So listen to the episode, and then when you're like, I need more, because you will go listen to me on her episode. And before it starts, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor that I'm very excited about, Just Fab. Uh, It's a fashion website. And if you know me, you know that I pretty much only wear boots, and they have tons of boots. They have all sorts of footwear, accessories, jewelry, clothing, but boots are what's really going to drive you to the site, if you're me. I spent a lot of time on the site earlier today. So they have tons of fashion forward on trend styles. And it's all very affordable. And when you get there, they give you a style quiz. And I'm pretty much a sucker for any sort of I'm a sucker for any sort of quiz. But you select the styles that speak to you. And then they start showing you stuff tailored for you personalized for you. Uh, What store in the mall does that? No store, I say. Um, And you can shop on the site as a guest or you can become a VIP, which is what I did. And you're going to want to become a VIP because it's the best way to shop. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail price. And then also there's tons of other exclusive perks for VIPs. You'll love being a VIP member. Here's the kicker. If you go to justfab.com slash allison now and sign up as a VIP, you'll get your first style for as low as $10. $10. You heard that right. Just visit justfab.com slash allison. So that's J-U-S-T-F-A-B.com slash allison to get your first style for as low as $10. Do it today. All right. So here's the episode. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. It's a little different than, uh, Than a normal episode, or maybe it just feels a little different to me because I did it not in my usual studio. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Here it is. Your new best friend Hey everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend. This is a special, unique crossover on location episode. (laughs) I am here with Christina Pachitsky. Hi, thanks for having me. From your mom's house and that's Deep Bro and a bunch of other stuff. And we just recorded an episode of her podcast, that's Deep Bro. And now we're recording the episode you're hearing of my podcast. But basically, it's one long conversation, although we did take a break in the middle. But you're coming in right as we are talking about the need for external validation and how to free ourselves from that. But make sure if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, go uh, download the episode of That's Deep Bro that has how are how how well, they'll know because it's the most recent episode. Yes.
1: Well, and subscribe to that. Subscribe. Yes. Too. It, yeah. It'll be. What am I saying?
0: Subscribe. Listen to all of them. <laughs> listen to this one first. Let me find the episode. I'll tell you right now the number of it or whatever. I think it's one thirty nine. Episode one thirty nine. One thirty nine. Let's go listen to that one Then you can get the full picture of us. T- We're basically talking about transition to motherhood and identity issues. Um. But we're also just talking about about stuff because we are pretty much in love with each other. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, I'd say we are. We are. We've determined that we're in love with each other, kindred (laughs) spirits. Uh, And also, we didn't get into any sort of gross stuff on your podcast, but there's some stuff I want to get into on this one. But anyway, okay. So we were right in the midst of talking about freeing yourself from the need to For external validation, because I recently had this realization that so much of what I think I want to achieve in this world—it's not even—it's just lately—it's on on and off. I have this realization. It's not even because I want to do the things. Like, let's say I want a television show. Is it because I want to host a show, or is it because I want to be like, look at me, I'm hosting a show? And I feel like right now. I feel like it's the latter and that's the wrong reason to do anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. A while back I was at the comedy store and um, somebody had a television show that they were just starring in and there's this billboard that they put up right at the store. And I remember being like, I'm envious. Does that mean that I want a television show? And then I went, no, I think I just want the billboard. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why is that? Is that because I'm not feeling particularly validated and in business right now and because i don't want to do a tv show it's fucking terrible like it's so it's so much work i mean unless if it was the right
0: one i think i would want to do it if you and i
1: were starring exactly yes but not the particular jeans and the friend (laughs) jeans and the friend i love that oh my god that's brilliant brilliant and we have to have two gay friends yeah uh but uh but what is that and um and Yeah. And especially with social media. And, and that I think that's just added a whole other layer to being insecure about whether or not you're totally, doing it. Totally.
0: Totally. Well, that's... And I actually, a couple weeks ago, uh, talked about this on my show. I feel like I really am working on a phone addiction. It's... So much of my mood has to do with what I just scrolled through on my phone um i feel like i'm not all that present in my relationships in my life i just and i feel like nervous or ill at ease if my phone is not near me that being said i it is near me right now but that's because i'm keeping an eye on the clock as we record uh but i just all the hallmarks of an addiction yeah um the way an addiction affects someone and their ability to be present, I feel like I have that with my phone. And I feel like I would be happier if I could just put it aside because the reality of my life is actually really wonderful. And yet all this sort of ephemeral made up stuff that only exists in the phone has such hold over my mood. Now, are you, do you feel the same? Because I know that we talked a while ago and you were just not as into Twitter as I was. Fuck about Twitter.
1: I honestly don't want to read the thoughts of most people in the world. I don't, especially in that format. I Mm -hmm. find it to be very mean. I think that it's a platform for people just to shit on other people and not really be able to explain their position because you have to do it in how many characters uh, so for that reason, I just find it to be counterproductive. Um, but so here's the deal. Sometimes when I'm alone with my son, this is the truth of it. I have a, He's almost two years old. Um, what's entertaining for my kid is not always entertaining for me. <laughs> so I'll find myself on the phone and there are Sundays where it's just he and I alone for an extended period of time because my husband will be traveling and there's no nanny this weekend, let's say. Mm. And I'll find myself being lonely And then going down the social media rabbit hole and then, yeah, finding myself like obsessively checking
0: stuff and you're like, I just fucking looked at Instagram. Why am I on Instagram again? I'll do it to the (laughs) point where I'm like, I've needed to pee now for 20 minutes. And also, (laughs) like there's a book here I want to read and there's a show (laughs) I want to watch. Like I can't, I'm just, it's like I'm in quicksand. I, I can't. Move in any. I can't make progress on anything because I'm just clicking back and forth between Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, email, Instagram, Twitter, email, (laughs) Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. yeah.
1: Now I think too part of it. What I've learned, and so what helps me when I like I see myself getting there, when I see myself going down that just mindlessness of it, because I think Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, it's fun. And then it's finite and it's like, okay, that was neat. Mm -hmm. Let's put that down for a few hours and just sit here and engage in the world of activity. Yeah. Well, you start to realize what I've realized is that Instagram in particular, which I love, is full of bullshit. It's full of people who are presenting an ideal, an idealized version of their day. House. I just banged so the microphone. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, for instance, I, there was this girl, and it's, I'm not going to say who it is, uh, who has very together. You would look at her profile, and it is envious. Mm. I mean, this woman just gave birth a few months ago and <smack> flat stomach, perfect, 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 in a bikini while pregnant. Um, and, uh, and then I saw her profile and she's sobbing uncontrollably about having postpartum depression. And, um, and I was in such a
0: <laughs> phony way that as someone who really, <laughs> who has really had postpartum depression, it doesn't look like what she was doing. <laughs> right.
1: But the point being, which I thought was interesting is like, well, there's always the facade mm-hmm. of social media versus the reality. And if you've got a baby, you, I don't know how many bitches, are putting on heels and makeup every day. You're just not. Sorry, you're not. Unless someone, you know, give me a fucking break. So then I think if I... I learned that it's a veneer, Mm -hmm. that this is bullshit, and I don't compare myself as much to other people and what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that cliche, you're comparing your insides to someone else's outsides. I like that. Yeah. Oh, take it. Who says that? I don't know. No, I didn't invent it. Oh, it's good. I I so wish I had. I think it's a real 12-steppy kind of thing. I love 12-steppy stuff. I I I know. It's all good. good. (laughs) It is. (laughs) One one day at a time. There's so much wisdom in that as well, and also a great show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that thing of like, I want the billboard. I want the so deadline is like a trade website. I want the deadline article. I want the splashy Facebook post. The irony being, you know what will make me unfollow someone if they're ramming their success down my throat too much because I'm like I don't want to see that I want to see someone being real and struggling actually because that makes me feel better and I feel like I'm actually witnessing a human being but so Mm. why is it that I want all why is it that I want to be able to broadcast my success and I think it's like I I want to be able to say hey world look I really do have talent. I really am okay. I really did amount to, but it's like, and I can even hear it in my voice. I'm becoming a little kid when I say that. It's a very young, it's, I think, I think I'm trying to tell those bitches in seventh grade. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, you're picking on the wrong gal. Look, (laughs) I did accomplish something.
1: You know what? I think you're right. I I think that need to billboard and to show, and I know for me personally, it was to show my mom that I was, Uh, a success it Mm -hmm. was i'm not a loser because i was a real fuck up when i was uh when i was 14 years old i almost got thrown out of school because i had like straight d's and i didn't want to go to school anymore i was a loser so uh i think i've always been trying to uh, um undo that image that my parents were like you're a fucking loser like my immigrant parents were not very sympathetic Mm -hmm. to whatever uh and then my mother died and it was like Oh, I'm never gonna, and I, I don't think had she been alive, would I have ever gotten the good job. Right. Um. My family's not the type to have ever validated success. Actually, so then I, I kind of gave up on that as an ideal of like, well, what do I want? I want, I want my parents' approval. Well, you're never gonna get it. And then I went, well, why am I a stand-up comic? That's like the worst job in the world. <laughs> And then I said, well, because there's other things I like doing with comedy. I, mm-hmm. I think I have a lot to say to mothers, to people struggling with real serious, deep issues. That's why I do that deep row and all that stuff uh, to help other people, to right. help other people. Really, truly, that's the goal. It's an intrinsically valuable thing. So it's not just me jerking myself, my ego off every di- every night when I'm up there. And I think if you find a deeper meaning and a deeper source then you then then it stops being extra who gives a shit you Mm -hmm. know what i mean the tv show may never come uh the millions of followers may never come but does that stop did that ever stop charles bukowski from writing right fuck no that guy became that guy was a loser until he was 50 and he made it so you know it's all about the intention i think Mm -hmm.
0: i know and it helps me to hear you say that to sort of reorient towards what is meaningful to me what do i want to say as opposed to this real outside in thing which whenever i really get hooked on the outside in then i i, I eventually get to the point and i hate that i just repeat the i'm like groundhog day emotionally the human being <laughs> so am i <laughs> maybe That's that is so funny. is that just being human
1: well if you because i was looking at the episodes of that steve bro and as i title them every week yeah. i'm like I think I did this episode four weeks ago when I was going through the same the same cycles. I think we all do as humans. Yeah.
0: I think so. Yeah. I, hopefully you just have like there's a little there's a little bit of new insight each time or you get there <laughs> faster. I think I'm getting there faster because what I always realize is, oh, I need the world to tell me I'm okay. Yeah. Because I don't feel okay right now. Yeah. And I think for me after having a baby with my, the body image change, the identity shift, the f- all of a sudden, like, am I good at this? A whole new, whole new thing to be good or not I'm good at. Momming? Yeah. Oh, forget it. I mean, I, I don't, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just huh? and the whole, the you know, the birth thing, which everything felt out of my control, and I, I kind of felt just like a piece of meat on the table. I didn't, I didn't have a great experience. Like, it was just upsetting. And, and anyway, I think. I just don't feel fundamentally okay. Like I have at different points of my life. Um, And so that's why I want other people to tell me I'm okay.
1: Yeah. I think it, okay. From what I understand in psychotherapy, please, (laughs) Uh, that internal validator should have come in childhood at some point. Like Mm -hmm. your parents kind of write the script for you when you're learning to do things. And if someone externally, like they give you the validation and to serve whatever, if it's, it's received that way, then as an adult, it's easier to, to do that for yourself, the self-regulation becomes easier. I think. I think you may have hit the nail on the head, though, because I went through this thing too when Ellis was his first year of life. Of like, I'm never going to be good at comedy again. I'm never going to get a special. I'm never going to be. And now, mm. look, my Netflix special is out uh tomorrow, October 10th. Uh, so Mother exciting! Inferior on Netflix.
0: Right, but what's it called?
1: Mother Inferior. And but,
0: oh, that's like exactly what we're talking yeah. about oh yeah okay good no matter of, Unconsciously,
1: i was like why yeah. does that make sense uh <laughs> but the the thing is the first year of his life i thought my career is over i can't tour anymore um i'm not funny i'm too fat everything's over everything's over everything's over and then what happened was a year and a half later i recorded a stand-up special and then netflix picked it up like through like what, two weeks after i recorded so That's so exciting it was fucking crazy. And but the thought being like, if anyone's listening to this and you're like, uh, everything's fucked up. I'm never, I'm never because of this. Uh, I'm listening thing. to yeah, this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Hello, <laughs> I'm right here. I am going to amount to something.
1: <laughs> the thing is, is that I do think all these changes, and I'm not just being a mother, but when you go through something traumatic or you go yeah. through something life altering, it just, I think it layers up your message even more. And I think when people watch art or listen to podcasts or read books or whatever, it's not, they're looking to connect on a fucking, it's the deeper level. Mm-hmm. It's the subtext. It's the unconscious stuff. And you're matching up with someone else's and it's validation. And it's like, Oh, I'm not the only asshole that feel, I mean, that's why this podcast is so amazing. Allison oh, Rosen is you. your new best friend, because I think so many people are like, am I normal? Am I normal? And you even have that section. Right. Right? I just love me. that. Yeah. Just
0: me, everyone. Because
1: I feel like that's all people want is to be like, do you feel this way? Is everyone else seeing this? Because popular culture does not validate that mm-hmm. shit. Watch fucking Big Bang Theory and how i it. Nothing is real on anything, and it's it's excruciating and it's hurting. I think it hurts people. Hurt, I think so me too. <laughs> yeah, growing up, same. Like, why was there? I wish there were podcasts back then. I was just gonna say, Fuck. thank
0: God for podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Anyways,
1: but okay. So how do you get there? So how do you get to the internal?
0: Yeah, I don't stuff? know. How do you?
1: I don't know. I mean, I work on it because I think, but I think it's normal to fluctuate.
0: Well, can I ask you a question? Um, and it's Go ahead. so comforting to hear that you felt a lot of, cause I'm relating so strongly to what you felt before of like, it's, Oh, it's over for me. Yeah, this is it. And then with me, an extra layer of, and I feel guilty that I'm not okay with that, which like on the face of it, why would I be okay with that? Wait, sorry. I feel guilty. So I'm like, maybe my career's over. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty that I'm unhappy with that idea because uh-huh. instead I should just accept it. I'm a mom now.
1: Oh, because you think it necessarily has to happen that once you have a baby, you should
0: have no career. Well, (laughs) once you have a baby, all your meaning should be derived from the baby.
1: Mm. Yeah. Good luck with that. That to me seems like a that's a real recipe for a miserable mom. I know, miserable husband, and miserable kid.
0: Yeah. I there's so much. There's such a like lattice work of setting myself up for misery in my head that I'm like not even fully aware of. Oof. Just all you just these. It. You just. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> but hearing that you were like feeling all that it's over for me. I'm not going to have a career. I don't what am I'm, I'm too fat. What am I going to talk old. about? I'm too old. I'm 41. Yes.
1: I should have had a stand up special 10 years ago, five years yeah. ago.
0: Oh, totally. I, totally. I, I'm yeah. I'm hill. like, that's, uh, yes. A thousand percent. I feel all of that. And then look where you are now. How did you get to here? All right. Okay. So there's psychotherapy once
1: a week. <laughs> Therapy. Number one, always first and mm-hmm. foremost, get your ass into a therapist's office. I don't know how people don't see shrinks. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And I think too, I think having my son was a source of great love for me and a source of like oh, this is what life's about. Okay, I I got it. My priorities have been fucked up. Have you read the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? No, but I'm going to write that down. Dude, get your life. Everyone listening, go audio, audible, whatever, read it. The guy talks about priorities and he talks about... I will
0: put an Amazon link in the episode summary of this episode to that. Yeah.
1: So he talks about what is success? What does that mean to you? And he uses this great example of the guy that got kicked out of the Beatles, the original drama. Uh, was
0: it Stu Sutcliffe? It's no, not. Oh,
1: I forget the guy's name. Uh, any hoodles. You'd think that that guy would be off a cliff and dead right. and, and suicidal. And yeah, the first decade was really hard getting kicked out of the Beatles. But then he goes, you know what? I, I If I hadn't got kicked out, I wouldn't have met my wife. Excuse me. I wouldn't have had two children. I teach music. I perform music. Um, and in some ways, a lot of the members of the Beatles were chasing that exact dream, but couldn't. Look at mm. fucking poor John Lennon. Got with that vulture Yoko right. Ono. Gets gunned down at the age of 40. Had the family. Had the life. He finally found his mommy in Yoko and was, it was taken from him. And all those guys were too famous to even have a regular life. So at the end of the day, the guy that got kicked out of the Beatles, that was the best thing that ever happened to him. So it's really about like, what are your, are your priorities to be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire? Okay, but think of all the stuff you have to sacrifice mm. to do that. And I think for me personally, it was reorienting what success, what does that mean? Okay, am I going to be on the road every week? That's terrible. I want to be with my son. So success to me is I got this amount of time with my family every week. If I want to go do some cities i'm very selective and it's 48 hours out max and then i'm home with my family and if the special comes great if it doesn't great guess what i'm still gonna do stand-up i gotta go to the comedy store once a week blah 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 so it just became like whittling down what's really really a priority and that makes me really really happy is what i find meaningful Mm -hmm. what's meaningful to you and then all the external stuff i don't know for some reason i don't give a fuck anymore i don't care if fucking anybody thinks and like I think some of that came with my mom's death, too, honestly, because she was the great judger for me. Mm-hmm. I heard her voice in my head a lot, criticizing me, telling me that I suck and stuff. And now that she's dead, I'm like, thanks, bitch. I'm free. Like, it, it freed me.
0: Yeah, I... Um, This is... I'm, gonna, I'm about to get really real, you guys. Yes. <laughs> a lot of my guilt... This is going to be really real and, like, way too much info. A lot of the guilt I have over ways in which I feel like I messed up as a mom. There are little slight little things. It's like, it has to do with my dad's judgment of my mom. Ooh. And he's never, I don't even talk to him about these things, but it's like my idea of what a good mom is has to do with his It's like he laid out. And by the way, this is not even spoken. It's just like, it's just vibes. (laughs) I think he laid out like, here's what a good mom is. Mm. And so I'm measuring myself up to what I think his idea. It's like so, it's so Freudian and fucked up. Mm -hmm. It really is. But it's like, like I dropped my phone on Elliot's head when he was seven weeks old. And I, by the way. So I now have this loopy case Aww. so that I can hold on to it. Like, And also, I hit myself in the eye with a phone and, and basically gave myself a black eye. So I've paid for it. I've paid for it. I felt so terrible. I felt so terrible. But I was aware that I feel terrible because I'm imagining... Like, once I made sure that he was fine, I feel terrible because I'm imagining what my dad, who's a doctor, would think about this. Right. Like, I can't... I. My dad is so... My idea of my dad is so involved in every fucking aspect of my life. It's not good. Yeah. And if he were right here, I'd be like, how do you get here? But also, if someone said to him, this is how much you're affecting all aspects of her life. How do you feel about that? He'd be like, I, I wish she wasn't burdened in that way. You oh, know So he would take... Yeah, he doesn't. I'm sure he would. Oh, I don't think he would say I wish I hadn't burdened her in that way. But I think he wouldn't wish that I'm he wouldn't wish to lay this extra shit on me. Right. He wouldn't want you to suffer. Right. No, he would. He would hope that as an adult. My parents are like in their proper box. Correct. As opposed to they're like all over the place.
1: I just had a revelation. Okay. So when you... Okay, this is just a chain of thought. When you try something new and you're not great at it, right? I'm a perfectionist. I, th- I, I sense you're the similar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have that same neurosis of like, if I can't do perfectly, everything sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking yes. doing this wrong. I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm the worst mom ever. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking Elliot up. He's going to need all kinds of therapy. And then, and then what happens and is- And I should have
0: known better. I should have known better. Yeah. I should have, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I really, I, it's, it gets messy. So
1: deep. Sorry. So then what happens is you go into being child, right? You go mm-hmm. into the child And also you react as a child would, because you're, you're, please tell me I'm okay.
0: Please tell me I'm okay. Yeah.
1: And now if the internal parent, which is the parent that you've internalized, you have your external parents growing up and how they react to you is how you react to yourself as an adult. Right. So the, the child, you're a child. When you're vulnerable, you become the child. And, and having a child
0: makes you so vulnerable. 24
1: seven. You're, you're that's the hardest part about having a kid. It's not, you know, that's the thing that fucking bothers me too is like, bitches don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like the the truth You're is fucking open
0: wound. Yeah. Which, actually literally right yeah. away afterwards, but yeah,
1: <laughs> but that having a kid brings up all your, parental stuff Mm -hmm. all your childhood stuff every day comes up in some and if you're not brave and if you're not conscious and you're not fucking fearless to it you're gonna fuck up your kid the same way it was done to you and that's the that's the great problem but anyway so the point is you're going back to your child reaction and that's the internal thing i'm not good enough i need not good that's why i
0: need validation so bad and daddy and by the
1: way guess what dad's judging you yeah, and he's here, and he's gonna fucking tell you you're doing it wrong because right. your mom was perfect. Your mom did everything; she stayed home, right? Right. You're not. Why aren't you? Oh she no, but like- she wasn't
0: perfect. That's the thing. Like, oh. I know. I know all the ways in which she messed up. Oh. So and and now this part she would actually love to hear. Although I I do hope my parents don't listen to this. Um, I'm realizing it's just so much more complicated. It's like I grew up with a again, didn't realize this till maybe this week, like, I grew up with such a black and white idea of good mom, bad mom, good, which, by the way, that's right. how ch- children see the world. Of course, But it's like all the way, you know, all the the ways in which I feel like my mom messed up, because it's like, there's only one w- right way to do things. And she didn't, I'm realizing, I could so easily make many of those, I, I could so easily act I- in similar ways that As she did, because it's just when you're a mother, you're a human being.
1: And that's a huge uh, distinction as well, by the way, is that when we become mothers, I think for me, the assumption was some kind of mist is going to wash over me. (laughs) And now I'm this new
0: person. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm a mom. I got it. I'm a mom. Everything I do now is from this place of momitude. And all of a sudden it should just be your whole identity, right? right?
0: Everything that should be, uh, should all decisions made from, as you put it, which I love a place of momitude.
1: <laughs> yeah. And also because the role of mother is so sacred in our society. And I, that's kind of why I chose the title mother inferior, uh, because you're supposed to be great at this. You mm-hmm. should be a, a nun, a perfect, uh, you know, maternal. I have a picture of myself, a fan did on my wall of me as the virgin mother. Love holding it. My dog. And it, the artwork is based on this because, Uh, That's the image. You're supposed to be Mm -hmm. virtuous, perfect. At the same time, you're supposed to be available for sex with your husband all the time, and you should be in shape because you don't carry that baby weight around. You you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many expectations as opposed to just a flawed person raising another human being and doing the best job you can. Yeah. So and struggling. it's It's so hard it is (laughs) i know and you think and my crazy brain went but if i spend all my time with him 24 7 with him i will somehow do it right it'll be perfect then because my mom wasn't perfect i'm going to do it right and for some reason that did equate to like spending every minute with him all the time in the beginning and then i was like this isn't this isn't good for me and it's not I don't think it's good for him really.
0: I at the beginning was surprised and this has changed. Um but at the beginning I was like oh my husband is better at this than I am. Yeah. Which actually yeah. kind of makes sense because his dad when he was a teenager his dad adopted 3 kids. So he wow. has more experience with babies. Like I babysat, but that was a long time ago. A long time ago. Um <laughs> so I didn't have a ton of recent hands-on baby experience. Whereas my husband is really good with babies. But that was I felt fortunate that he's so good with Elliot, but I felt like what's like Oh, he's better at being a mom yeah. than I am. Yeah. Um, and then now, thankfully, I feel like oh, he does know who I am and I, I am <laughs> able to comfort him. But there was a while where I felt like I'm not sure that he's <laughs> that intimately bonded with yes. me, you know? There's a t- it's so funny my
1: my sister, my stepsister has uh, I think he's like 5 or 6 now, and she's like there were times where we would go, does he even like us? Yeah because <laughs> you go like do you know who i fucking am bro like because right. there's a long time where they don't know who anyone is no yeah and then they say mama Dada and you're like oh my god you're the best person to like this is amazing let's have five more oh. and yeah you know, it's crazy <laughs> But uh, yeah, there is a time where they don't. You're right. And it's so fucked up.
0: I need to uh, talk about something that is very relevant to both you and me. One in three women pee a little when they laugh, cough, (laughs) run, or double bounce like a boss on a trampoline. I find for me it's mostly coughing. Coughing and also the time in between when I think I need to pee. And then I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm about (laughs) to pee. It's so short. It's so short. I don't know if I'm aware of needing to pee faster. I don't know what's changed. I mean, having a baby is what changed everything. But I didn't realize that that's just the way it's going to be from here on out. Icon Undies are here to help keep you dry with pee-proof underwear. They're from the same woman who brought you Think's period underwear. Ditch your disposable panty liners because each pair of Icon holds up to eight teaspoons. Also, they're microbial, anti-odor, and they're not gross. They're, have you have you uh, experienced them? Have you felt them? They're amazing. Uh, they're like underwear. I've been but wearing
1: them. Yeah, I have them in my drawer, yeah. and they're amazing. They are so they much work.
0: better than dealing with panty oh. liners, which I can't. I, I can't. can't. Understand. That was one of my least favorite parts of post of of immediate after pregnancy dealing with. Oh, I, I can't I can't handle it. Try Icon Undies for thirty days risk free. Thirty days risk free. Use code BFF at iconundies.com. dot so that the BFF at IconUndies dot com for ten dollars off your order. That's really cute, BFF. Yes. Isn't it though? Those are great, and they they're very stylish too. I will say that I yes. think those
1: Icon panties look better than the ones I normally uh, wear. <laughs>
0: I bought some like gigantic pantaloons while pregnant. (laughs) Uh, Not really, not really They're but they were bigger. I'm still wearing my, the same underwear I was. And like, I, I like some under, I like some, I like some give in my underwear. It just makes me feel a little better about my fat ass. The fact that it's like, Oh, there's this, this underwear might be too big. How exciting.
1: You know, it's so funny. I, my friend uh, has, like, a kid around your, your boy's age, too, and she's like, I'm so fat. I'm so out of shape. And I remember being like, yeah, but I didn't start losing baby weight until a year after my kid was born, too. I think it takes a
0: year. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. You said, give yourself a year. And when you said that, I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but that now I'm sort of beginning to see what you meant. Like, I've been slowly losing it, but just now I'm beginning to feel like like I'm... I'm sort of a little bit closer to being my old self and I am feeling more confident because of that. That's been another thing that I sort of struggled with this feeling that I don't feel confident enough to be doing meetings or anything, but at the same time I feel like that shouldn't be an, like I've got so many issues around body image and weight. Like I think I have this idea that like you shouldn't, even though I'm always worried about it. This idea that like you shouldn't let extra pounds keep you from doing any of the things that you would do if you had lost that weight because it can become an excuse with yourself of like I'm just going to wait till I lose this this weight. I'm just going to wait till I lose this weight. And then realizing but for me it is this particular weight gain is situation specific. It is because I had a baby and I am in the process of taking it off. So if I want to say I'm going to give myself until I lose it to start doing all the things because I will feel more confident. There's it's okay to do that. Oh yeah. Cause I really felt like, no, that's just like a, I don't know. I really don't, I really need to give myself a break and I yes. I need to give my listeners a break too because I'm just like, <laughs> bitch, stop complaining.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's so, it's so, um, normal, especially when you have a postpartum body to not be used to it. And yeah. I, I mean, there are some days I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh my God, where did I go? Look at this train wreck. Mm -hmm. And then this thing happens where you get used to it, A, just visually, and then B, you go, yeah, but I made a human. Right. And what a superpower that was and how miraculous was that, that I was able to carry and then deliver this kid and like, it's a gift. And then you go, yeah, you know what? I also had 40 good years with nice tits. And <laughs> but like- <laughs> I didn't appreciate
0: them. I didn't appreciate those years. I spent all of those years feeling like I'm too this or I'm too that. Oh, that too. I mean, but yeah. now I look back on that and I'm like, oh, I wasn't the person. I wasn't, I wasn't what I thought I was.
1: You know, what is interesting is you, you use the word should a lot. Mm, I like, know. No, no, not that I'm. I, <laughs> I, I shouldn't I did, do that. I should. Ah. Oh! <laughs> But um but I know in my personal life whenever whenever a career let's start let's start with career and then go to body when it starts in the career and I look at what someone else is doing like that TV billboard for instance mm-hmm. gosh I should have it I should do that too or I should have more followers I should do that whenever something's rooted in the should for me it's never good meaning it's like that's an that's how I know that's my clue that that's an external validator. Oh, that's and it's,
0: really interesting. Yeah, yes, and,
1: it's not going to bring me the lasting and joy. You know,
0: all of that mother stuff that I was talking about, feeling like my dad's going to judge me, even though I'm my imagin my. The dad that I have in my head is going to, who's like the the seat of judgment going to judge me. That all is around should. That's all should stuff.
1: And that, by the way, may not even be the reality of how, like, it's your, your projection of what you're, whoever, it's your interpretation of what dad is, whatever. Mm -hmm. So then let's go to the body stuff. I, I, the first year after I had Ellis wore those big granny bathing suits like that you buy on amazon (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, i still do but then there was this vacation we just went on and i was like what am i gonna do am i gonna fucking hide my body my postpartum body in granny shit forever or am i gonna look your husband's gonna want to bang you hopefully either way he likes my big soggy mom tits (laughs) and i thought everyone else has a crummy body right here's the truth when you go to the beach unless you're in south beach or in la Most people got crummy bodies like yours. Go down to Burke Williams or the spa or whatever. Go look at all these naked bitches. Most of us look like shit naked. (laughs) So except for the 20 year old girl who just you're at that age. You Mm -hmm. should look pretty great. You know, most of us look like shit. So what am I going to do? Cover it and always be or am I going to buy the bathing suit? That's a little revealing and fuck it. Who cares? Let them judge me. So that's what I did. I bought like two pieces and I was like, here it is, bitch. Look
0: at my fat. And also what are you going to do? No one is even judging you or no looking. No one cares. That's Everyone's just thinking about themselves. Yes! And that's the biggest epiphany and you can
1: have in life is like no one's looking at you, dude. And if they are, it's either to hate you or envy you or maybe they do like you really. They like your show. They really do know you well enough. But it, it's all comparing themselves to you. And it's like this weird mind game. We're all in our
0: own I know. stuff.
1: I know. It's crazy, right? You're not even... Most of the time you're just worried about what you're doing and thinking and uh, we're all on our own things.
0: But imagine what our life would be like if we weren't mired in that. <sighs> we'd be enlightened masters, right? We really would. Would we be, do you know, you know, Duncan Trussell, right? I love Duncan would Trussell. Would we be Duncan Trussell? Yes, I think
1: you're right. <laughs> I think we'd all be Duncan. Yeah. Oh or Ram Dass.
0: Yes. Or one of those cool. Jack Cornfield. I love Jack <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Or uh, Swami Satchidananda. I like him, too. Or Wayne Dyer. I don't know. I don't know, but they have their hangups, too. I know. It's not like you're ever, you you know, past all
0: that shit. So I was going back and listened to the episode when you were on my show last. And you said that (laughs) when you were close to pushing Ellis out of you, the doctor said, do you want to see? And you said, no. No. Cause I, and they asked me if I wanted a mirror and I said no. Cause I knew that if <laughs> I saw it, I would be afraid to push. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't want to do that. That looks, that seems violent. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to break that area apart. Um, but I asked you if Tom looked and you said yes. Yeah. And his reaction was so much shit came out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel's reaction was, oh my God, your vagina, he didn't say this till after, but your vagina is huge. <laughs> it got so huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you Because wa- I watched birth videos beforehand and I yeah. know what it looks like before it gets real puckery because my right. head's pushing again. It looks really terrifying. And I knew that if I yeah. looked at it, I would start getting in my head about that and I wouldn't be able to Push it out. No way, right? Same. Yeah. And she goes. Do you want to touch the head? And I was even like, No, let's just go. Like it's go time. I
0: did touch the head. Ooh. Oh wait, did I? I may have. I don't remember. I was like, It's. I, my thought was squishy. It yeah. feels squishy. Yeah. But it wasn't this like oh sweet it's his head. It was no. just like it felt weird and squishy. And I think I was just like sort of mentally in another place at yeah. that point. That whole. That whole thing was just weird, and we had this spa music playing in the background. <laughs> it was weird, and there was, and also, I my memory, all of it took place. So my it was a very long labor. Um, I was induced, and all of it took place in one room. But in my memory, it's like the delivery is in a different room than the room that I was for two days because the lights kind of changed and they lift the table up. Oh, right? And yeah, the they turn room, lights off. I remember. Yeah, that. the room, the room just becomes it's like a. The change of set.
1: (laughs) And then, yeah, the nurses, I remember I was pushing, 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 and then the nurses had their shift change in the middle
0: of my, (laughs) like,
1: like, oh, wait, who are you guys now? Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty gnarly.
0: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the doctor and the nurses put on scrubs because they, they, no, the nurses were on scrubs at the beginning, but the doctor wasn't. It's like. I don't know.
1: And the doctor comes in at the last second. Yeah, No one tells you that either. Yeah. I was like, where the fuck is my doctor? I'm I am about to push this thing out.
0: Yeah. It was the hospital midwife I was pushing with her. I said to them, I'm feeling, I'm feeling an urge to push. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's push. Thinking they're going to call my doctor. No. And it was just the midwife. Who was I was pushing with, and I knew I knew that baby was coming, yeah. um, and so I I was like, have you called the doctor yet? If you called? I kept, and finally she got there, and it was a lot. The baby came out a lot faster than what they expected. Yes, yeah, so, you so know. I'm, I'm glad, yeah, that she was there because I did not want anyone beside my doctor to be the one delivering the baby.
1: Yeah. You don't want to fucking some, ner- not that the nurses aren't qualified. I'm right. sure they
0: actually are really qualified, are.
1: but you trust and know this. Well, I particular- had
0: long, a long conversation with her about how I was very afraid of tearing a lot. And she had assured Ugh. me she would do everything she could to prevent tearing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was worried about was that someone else wouldn't take all the tearing precautions. So, and then I ended up just needing one stitch, thankfully. <laughs> lucky. But, dude. but the way that they do that is that, they When the baby's coming out, they hold the head there and they let you stretch around it. Ugh. So I think it might actually be more uncomfortable because that was deeply uncomfortable just sitting there with a baby like right on the precipice of your vagina. Wait, did you not
1: have drugs? Oh, no. You said you didn't know if your epidural works. I
0: don't think my epidural really works. It doesn't sound yeah. like it does because no. I don't remember that. <laughs> right. You didn't feel – I felt a lot of pain. Um. Yeah, I had a walking epidural. And then we uh, I converted to a regular epidural. And I think that's when everything kind of went south because they, I, they didn't, they gave me a very weak regular epidural because I was concerned about not being able to feel my legs. In retrospect, I don't know why not being able to feel my legs would have been fine. So at that point, I was already pretty dilated. So I think that it's like I went from having a a walking epidural to essentially no epidural. And then they kept, they were like playing catch up. And sometimes with pain, once you're already feeling that much pain, they they can't really do it. Yeah. They did replace the epidural and it's still like, I was still feeling a lot of it. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I wish they would just put you out like they did in the 1950s. Just fucking wake me up when it's
0: done. What could go wrong? You (laughs) know what I wondered though, when they would do that, did they have to pull the baby out with forceps?
1: I guess. Because
0: I think I had this idea that regardless of whether you push or not, the baby's going to come out. Yeah. But I don't. It did seem like the pushing did a, or maybe it's like regardless of whether you want to push or not, you're going to push. Maybe that's what it is. I have
1: no idea how it works, but I think what they used to do is give women like gas and you would Mm -hmm. inhale it and then they would pass out. And that was the danger is
0: like they could you know die that way. Yeah. And it affects the baby quite a bit. Does it? Yeah.
1: Sorry. Then I don't want that.
0: That's, that's (laughs) my understanding of it. So I need to talk about something food related. So we need to, let's just enter, let's put something in here that's not so biological. Um, what's your favorite citrus fruit OMG I love grapefruit I love it there you go okay uh, I want to talk to you guys about Blue Apron you know Blue oh, Apron I right? it's it. amazing let's say you want to make uh, a delicious home cooked meal right now you got to look up a recipe then you have to go to the store you have to pick up all those ingredients. You don't know how much to buy. So if you're like me, you buy too much, you come home, you have to cut it all up, you have to measure it. And then you got le- all this like, oh, here's leftover parsley, or I don't know what to do with it. It's just going to sit in my refrigerator. This is that's me. I'm not very organized in my refrigerator. Um, and by, and then you're too tired to cook. So you just put it away. And you just eat something that's not going to take me away as long. Don't do that. Do blue apron. They send you everything you need to make a delicious home cooked meal. All the ingredients, all pre-proportioned. It's so, you'll, you'll be just a regular Rachel Ray on her show where everything's just in little bowls and you can just, it's just go time the minute you get the box. And also they send you a recipe card where it's all broken down into steps with these pictures. It's so easy. Excellent, high-quality cardstock, by the way. You'll want to save this recipe. Um, it's affordable. There's great variety. You can choose from new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Flexible, easy. There's a freshness, freshness guarantee, so every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first meal with free shipping by going to blueapron.com. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait, you guys. That's blueapron.com. Allison blue apron a better way to cook also I should tell you, I'm on Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash Alice. I love Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. Uh, Different reward levels. You can get bonus episodes every month. You can get uh, exclusive access to an interactive live stream. You can get merch in the mail. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Also, T-shirts available on my website, AllisonRosen.com. And I was going to say I'm going to be at PodFest, but by the time you hear this, I was at PodFest. Podfest, I I think it went well.
1: Oh, good. I heard you were fantastic. I, I thank you. It
0: was, it was, uh, yeah, pretty phenomenal. It's a just packed house. Also, okay. can I
1: add one plug? Yes, please. Watch my fucking Netflix yes. special. It debuts tomorrow, uh, October 10th. It's called Mother Inferior. You can search for me, Christina P. I'm not going by Christina, just the letter P, because God knows Pujitsky ain't doing
0: nothing. I was going to ask, because I've uh, heard you refer to yourself as Christina P. now. Yeah.
1: I mean, look, if you know Pujitsky, great, but most people, it's terrible. So you can just search for me, Christina P., and it comes up.
0: Oh, so even your Netflix special is as it, Christina P. You're just, Chris- you're truly Christina P. From now on, dude, that's it.
1: Christina I P. I love that. Are I'm you going to sign fan.
0: stuff, Christina P? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Oh, why not? I mean, look, if you've, like I said, if you know me historically, one way it's fine. You can still say it. I don't like it though. It's too long. Interesting. Such a fucking shitty last name.
0: Because when we last talked, you were Christina Segura Legally. In your pri- right, yeah, but publicly you're a Christina Pajitsky, but now yeah. you're just Christina P. I'm so confused. Next, you're just going to be Christina.
1: I wish, like, I would would love to do that. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Christina the Entertainer, like Cedric, you right? Know? I know it's fun.
0: <sighs> so what else? What else should we? What else should we address? <laughs> <laughs> um, Have we fully canvassed motherhood and pregnancy? Oh wait, I know. Right? Are you thinking? Are you? Uh, oh, number two yeah number about.
1: two yeah I think I I'd like to sh- try I mean look I'm old bitch and uh I I put some embryos on ice so we'll see how that goes I think I'm ready I think that and you know what I also feel like I want to take over I want to do over yeah, of pregnancy because I feel like I was so an- anxious and my mom had died it was like there's too much shit for that mm-hmm. year I want to just just be pregnant and not have like a major life trauma happen,
0: right. and just see what that's like. And also, how many months pregnant were you when you moved? Oh my god! Or no, I mean, sorry. How old was Alice? Is what I mean.
1: So then that fucking drama. So we moved when he was twelve weeks old. And then we moved again when he was 10 months old. Mm. So not only that, we moved twice in one year. And I was like, this is nuts. So I'd like to have a, just a normal pregnancy of just like, oh, I'm pregnant, guys. Let's go to Michael's Arts and Crafts.
0: <laughs> Let's go eat some cheeseburgers and chill out and yeah. not have anything major happen. It's crazy to me that I'm already starting to think of number two <gasps> as well. Because I really didn't love being pregnant. No. I mean, I was so excited. But the actual experience of being pregnant, I didn't love and it's just so funny to me that i'm i'm feeling myself kind of miss it yes. I, it's like what am i isn't that so weird it is weird i maybe it's just because <laughs> it's probably not it's probably cuz i actually might be getting ready to think about another one but there's part of me that's like well I just got so used to doing fertility stuff it was my hobby (laughs) it was my hobby and my pastime and my occupation for so long that I'm like let's do it again (laughs) it kind of does get that way because like
1: now that I'm going through uh, the process of maybe putting in baby not like doing the prep work for it I'm like this is old hat like I'm not as terrified right not nearly as anxious a little more ambivalent a little more like eh, it happens great if not my life will be so full with my one one kiddo mm-hmm. so i think that on that road it's it's not as fraught with like if this doesn't happen what will i right. I'll, I'll never have a kid i don't
0: I feel that way as well now but i'm worried that as i get further along into it it all of a sudden will become really important whether it works or not
1: dude are you going to go through so do, do you have No we, yeah we do we have five
0: oh, thank god But they're not genetically tested. You did the genetic testing, right? Yeah. Yeah, We didn't because we didn't have enough. Um, And I don't know if you, there was a big article in New York Magazine that just came out um, about something that, my fertility doctor told me about, which is that there is some evidence that embryos that come back abnormal, if they were implanted, that after going through genetic testing, they come back normal, if they had been implanted, there's a chance they would self-correct. Oh, interesting. So there's all these embryos that have been discarded because no one, if your embryo comes back abnormal, no one's like, I want to put that one in anyway, because it just seems unwise. And why would you do that to yourself? Um, but then an article in New York magazine just came out where, someone like 5 out of 12 embryos like like someone put uh, uh, altogether 12 abnormal embryos were put back into women and 5 of them were healthy normal babies were what? born yeah it's like a, it's a pretty what? big deal and so wow. my doctor knew that like w- was talking how this is some people think this and so because i only had had the same doctor yeah yeah I know that's so funny uh yeah so she knew about this a while ago and this was her belief that there's a chance that they'll self-correct and she's like if we test them they might all come back abnormal you're not going to put any of them in but let's just see like testing if you have a ton testing is good to figure out which ones to put in yes but if you only have a few then her recommendation to me was don't test them so anyway we have five they're not tested though I don't know I don't know how it's going to go with them i also don't know am i going to just put in one at a time <sighs> which means five that's five rounds of oh, progesterone shots and, and that's the that's worst
1: like worst i got i i was on those estrogen patches man it's like for me i, I had to put four on my body at once mm. last month and i was like uh, It feels like I just drank 10 cups of coffee. My anxiousness is through the roof. I'm going to fucking go crazy.
0: I the worst. don't like taking estrogen. Oh, no. But um, <laughs> our doctor likes it. <laughs> loves it. She, they, loves she giving- calls them happy pills. Yeah. <laughs> like, not for me. Not for me, dude. No. But I actually liked the feeling of Clomid. I know that you didn't. I hated it. So wait, do you have to do progesterone shots?
1: No shots, patches. And then I do progesterone oil they put me on last month for... I don't know, to, to Wait, how do you thicken take your it? lining. Oh, I inject it. Oh, yes, so you do. your it. ass, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That doesn't bother me, really? honestly. No. I'm, I did not like those shots. Well, because I did the egg retrieval the like, same as you did. Like, yeah. And I got used to it. So now I'm like, whatever. What's for breakfast? What's the kid? Like, <laughs> I don't even care. And you will find that because you have a little one running around that the whole, you're not thinking about it as much. Right. The second one. Like you're just not as, I think with everything, and this might be the one blessing of having children is that, it takes the pressure for me off of everything else in my life. Yeah. You know, before I had my son, I, I was so me focused. It was so gross. It's like, what's happening with me? How's my <laughs> And then it just, I'm so over me. Like, I'm <laughs> not that interested anymore. Right. It's like, I have to care for, I, I have to turn this outward. And I look at my life now and I have two dogs that I mother of I actual baby that I mother. And then sometimes a husband that I mother. When I'm sick. <laughs> you know? I like, I like being a mom and I like, and I like being 41. And I hate that too, that we're sold that the best time in your life is like being 20 and hot. It's like oh, the hot part's great, but actually I'm really enjoying being maternal and being, like centered and being responsible for other living things i think it, it just makes you a better human mm-hmm. you no know? like not that if you don't have kids you're not a good person but it's made me a better person
0: i feel like mother inferior is not accurate <laughs> at all now i feel i feel like i'm
1: failing at it a lot but whatever you know
0: well i'm just gonna let uh let's let them behind the screen for a moment okay yes how where are we time wise what do you mean like how long oh. has this been been what our show right now? Yes. We're at 51. 51. Okay. Yeah. I feel like uh, we oh. didn't do Just Me or Everyone. Oh, but, I love that. Oh, you want? Oh, we can do it. Oh okay. Oh my God, that's my favorite Let's segment. do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. The Great One says, Sometimes I look through my phone contacts that I've only called a few times, if ever, and wonder how many of them are now dead. No. I've never done that. (laughs) That's just you, dude. Yeah, I don't do that. (laughs) No. No. That's sad. (laughs) I will say that one time... My sister and I were in New York, we lived there at the time, waiting for the subway, and I was and it was just taking forever. And I'm like, Ooh, let's go through our phone contacts and like tell stories about the various people in there. And then we both started looking through our phone contacts and really fast we're like, This is not gonna be fun and then we didn't do it. <laughs> like it was the worst kind of creative game. Hypernicus says, just mirror everyone, don't like it when restaurants take my food away to box it up. <laughs> Is he suggesting that, like, you're still working on it and they take it away? I think I think he means, can I
1: do it myself? Like, oh,
0: don't, I see. Don't trust them.
1: Like, right. they're probably using their dirty hands, which I kind of did when I was a server. So I'm not going to lie. Really? Not like I wasn't always as hygienic as I could have been. Yeah.
0: I always prefer... I, sometimes, like, if they just drop off a couple flat boxes, <laughs> like, you know, they're <laughs> like, a, like a mailer. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, I guess I'll do it myself. I prefer when they do it, but now I'm going to prefer... Now I prefer when I do it, because then I can decide what goes with me. Yeah, if your finger goes in the food, too. Yeah. That's true. I used to feel insulted, like, you fucking do this. What am I paying for? Right. But no, now I'm going to do it myself. I was at a restaurant recently, and they kept, they had a great bread bowl, something I don't eat all the time, but I wish I could. They kept taking the bread away. Oh, they kept. God. I was like, get the... <laughs> It was very upsetting for me. Jane Montgomery says, singing in the car, daydream about a karaoke situation where people I admire are inexplicably present hearing me nail the song. I don't do that one specifically, but yes. And actually, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy karaoke. However, whenever I do karaoke, I'm like, Get a load of the pipes on me. Is everyone else noticing this? <laughs> so maybe I do have the same fantasy. I don't I don't think I've ever, I'll have ever. i ever be
1: a good singer, but I am impressed with how well I know lyrics. And I will be like, I wish somebody would acknowledge how good I am at <laughs> knowing all the words to Rock the Casbah. I, I know all these words.
0: I'll acknowledge it. Or
1: to a rap song. I That's know, hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Especially
0: at Jay-Z 99 Problems. I know all the words. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song. Me too. Uh, Liz says, I saw a spider in my underwear drawer and now I want to burn everything and start from scratch. <laughs> yes, that is the appropriate feeling about it. I love it
1: so much. Yeah, totally. Yes. Burn down your house too. Start over.
0: Um, Mark Nagel says, Twitter should display tweets per hour on profiles so I can decide if they will clog my timeline. Look, I'm a frequent tweeter sometimes, Ooh. but not that frequent. I get what you're saying, but... I think it's better that they for people like me that they don't. So this person's saying to log the frequency with which Yes, because yeah. if you're tweeting too frequently he doesn't want to follow you. I agree. Uh, but then I don't I'm just not a big Twitter person. I know. For that fucking reason. I envy that. Ra- and then this last one, Rachel says, it's so irritating when people in the emergency exit row think they're funny with responses other than <laughs> yes, no to required flight attendant speech. Yes. Yes. Basically anyone in public who's trying to be funny, if you're overhearing them, it's super annoying. Unless it's me, in which case it's charming.
1: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) agree. That's how I feel about it. I give a gigantic eye roll to that dude too. I give an eye roll to the flight attendant that's trying to Yes. Oh, come on. Usually it's Southwest. Yes. And they actually know Southwest does it well. But if it's like any other airline, I'm like, stop trying to be... You're
0: not fun. Right.
1: You? You're not cool. Yeah. Yeah. God, those are so interesting. I love that people think of this stuff.
0: I know. I do, too. I have the best listeners, and you have the best listeners. We do. We're very blessed. And I think we'll have some crossover listeners oh because God. of our big two-part episode. Anyone who hasn't already heard the episode that started all of this on That's Deep episode episode 139, it's the first part of this conversation, mm-hmm. go listen um, okay, so Christina, yes, mommy, plug all your things. Oh, I'll plug it in it. Okay, the big
1: one is uh, obviously my Netflix Netflix special, October tenth, Mother Inferior, Christina P. Check that out. And for now, I'm really just home because once that hour comes out, I gotta write a new one, and I haven't written a new one yet. So I'm not probably not going to be touring until 2018. Um, and listen to your mom's house. That's my big podcast with my husband, Tom Segura. And, uh, oh, uh, November 8th, we're doing Your Mom's House Live at the Irvine Improv. Come see that if you're interested. And uh, other than that, ChristinaPOnline.com, Netflix special,
0: all that good stuff. Thank you. I love you. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow shows, Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Follow me on Instagram. I care too much. At (laughs) Allison Rosen. Thank you for listening. (laughs) I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know?